0: Thanks to Cedar Rapids Mayor and former Iowa Speaker of the House, Ron Corbett, running for governor, stopping by the studio. You will hear, of course, more candidates for governor from all the political ideologies on this very fine radio program. So you keep it right here with Jeff Angelo on AM 1040 WHO. Great text on the American Toppers and Accessory text line. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, this texter says, MSNBC's Mike Barnacle called last night's crowd hand-picked on Morning Joe this morning. Never seen a hand-picked crowd, camp out overnight for seats, hashtag fake news. I like that text because isn't it fascinating to be in a state that is at the center of the political universe almost constantly and therefore warrants national political coverage constantly and then you can be part of political events and then see how the media interprets it for their audience. You're exactly right. People camped out overnight. Uh, for this rally, it was very, very enthusiastic. That was a that was a big part of the story last night. But so now you got one reporter going. It was a hand-picked crowd because it's the MSNBC audience. It is fascinating, isn't it? Iowans to be part of that. Here's something else that's fascinating. As the Democrats pick up the pieces uh, from these last few elections decide where their future lies, could the answer be a heavy dose of Uncle Joe? Uncle Joe Biden. Let's find out. Political analyst Boyd Matheson is in the WHO Newsmakers line. And, uh, Boyd, welcome back to WHO in Des Moines. How are you?
1: Hey, doing great. Great to be back with you, Jeff.
0: Hey, and, and this is great. This is a great time to be talking to you because last night President Trump came back to Iowa, had a huge rally. The story of the rally was the enthusiasm of the middle class voters that showed up. Uh, for him last night. And the and even the most biased reporters had to really acknowledge it. Um, is Joe Biden the answer? Is, is he the middle-class solution for Democrats looking for a path to victory in the future? What do you think?
1: You know, I I, I think the, the party is, is clearly reeling from the uh, the special election debacle uh, and all that they invested there. And so I think a couple of things are happening. One, I think Joe Biden still has a lot of regret for mm-hmm. allowing the the DNC machinery to push him aside uh, for Clinton, uh, so I think he has some regret there. And then I think he, he looks at, at what's going on and and uh, a party that is brotherless and has zero connection uh, to the middle class, to those hardworking Americans that have been kind of their bread and butter. And so I, I think that gives him a reason to say, "Well, I can do that." And, uh, <laughs> imagine how entertaining it! Imagine how entertaining it would be to right. have a, uh, a Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Uh, SmackDown in, uh, in 2020.
0: Oh, boy, I hadn't even thought about that. A Donald Trump-Joe Biden debate? <laughs> you thought the ratings were big you, last you, time around. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to extend your
1: show to eight hours a day. <laughs> you still wouldn't run out of material.
0: And you kind of hinted at this, Boyd. I, I wonder how much of this for Vice President Biden is he does think he's got a chance to win, but there, there, there is another part of him that I think in the end he was very bitter about being pushed aside. I, so I'm kind of debating, does he really have a chance or is this his own personal crusade? Because he was really upset that uh, he wasn't allowed to run.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a, a couple of things that will play out there. I mean, in the end, will he get in? I, I don't know. Uh, but it's fascinating to see the Democrats, the usually the party of youth, Uh, could have Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden vying for the nomination, all who will be in their late 70s by the time we get to the 2020 cycle. Uh, So that's an interesting thing. It will also be interesting to see if if the party as a whole can get beyond this uh, anger as an agenda and frustration as a political platform because it's clearly not playing in the special election. Yeah and uh, their ability to pivot from that. Now, before the Republicans spike the ball, uh, I think they need to be careful as well because really neither party have given people a a reason to really embrace their party. You It used to be there was some some cachet in being a card-carrying Democrat or a card-carrying Republican. Mm -hmm. Neither party has really done that, uh, especially for young voters, millennial voters. And both parties have been relying on their older voters to get them through. And a lot of those older voters aren't going to be around anymore when you get to 2020 and 2024, although I guess they could probably still vote in Chicago because I think there's a
0: 20-year-after-you-die clause that you can still vote. (laughs) Yeah, but if you're you're a Republican, Republican, you're not even worrying about that. (laughs) <laughs> well, let me let me ask you about the boy. That's such a great point. And, and let me ask you about this. You're kind of hinting at this. There was a great column that I shared with the listeners yesterday by David Harsanye at the Federalist. And he said, could it be that no matter what people think of the president, that is not affecting races down ballot? What do you think? Is there a changing environment where people are not attaching what they think about the president to their local races?
1: Yes. uh, You know, Tip O'Neill was right. All politics is local. And Mm -hmm. so I think the disconnect between the top of the ticket and what's happening in a local district uh, has become very different uh, over the last little bit. Here's another interesting thing. You know, the president Trump has a low approval rating. Mm -hmm. And yet if you drill down in the numbers, the people who don't like Trump but are very happy that Hillary Clinton isn't the president, uh, is an interesting number. And so uh, you're getting much more specialized and localized in terms of how people are voting. And that could be interesting because that could really give rise to some interesting center-left, center-right uh, parties uh, because you no longer have to have this big apparatus to to run a political operation. You can mm-hmm. run it out of your house or your garage uh, with social media. And, if again, if neither of the parties really come forward and start connecting, uh, we could look very much like Europe in terms of having multiple political parties who may have to, you know, form an alliance in order to get a majority and and to be able to govern, and and that'll be a fascinating thing to watch.
0: Well, boy, I agree with you. I think we the the the, the election of Donald Trump signaled that we're actually in a post-ideological age where a lot of middle class. Working class voters are just saying, who is looking out for me? And it seems to me, Boyd, like allegiance to the political parties is really waning as time goes by.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And you're starting to see develop uh, in Congress a, a group. I call them the Balls and Strikes Brigade. Mm-hmm. So there, there are folks like on the House side that they may not be members of the Freedom Caucus, although their voting record fits perfectly. They may have a style that's a little bit more uh, traditional leadership style. And so they're just in this nice position where they can call balls and strikes. If leadership does something stupid, they'll call it out. If the Freedom Caucus does something stupid, they'll call it out. If they do something good, they'll be standing with them and and voicing. Uh, And I think that's actually good for our, our dialogue because for too long we've allowed the strident voices at both ends of the political spectrum. Uh, to keep us a safe distance from actually having the conversations we need to and, and getting things solved.
0: Do you think, Boyd, final question for you today, that this this divide that's in the Democratic Party right now is going to be very open? Because you mentioned there was already folks on CNN yesterday from the Democratic Party, the younger Democrats, saying, you know what? Our leadership, it's time for them to step aside. We need some new people. Do you think that's going to be very public, this fight between the older folks like Biden and like Warren and some young people that are saying, hey, it's our time now?
1: Yes, I, I think it's going to be. I think it will get very open. They'll try to do it uh, behind closed doors early, uh, but I think it's going to just naturally spill over uh, because the you have a, a lot of the old guard who believes the answer is to go further left. Yeah. Um, and and so that's going to create some real bristling. And you also have this, and you have this on both sides of the aisle. You you have this fallacy of the indispensable. You know, we have folks that have been in, in Congress and in politics for so long. And they, they feel like if they walked away, you know, the world would collapse. Uh, but, you know, George Washington got it right. There yeah. there are no irreplaceables. Uh, that's not how it's supposed to be. Come in, serve, go like crazy, and then get back to the private sector and, and private life. And uh, so I think that's where we'll have to get. But I do think the Democrats will have a very open, uh, occasionally ugly uh, debate as, as they try to chart a new course. And I think you'll see folks like Cory Booker. Uh, from New Jersey will start stepping forward a little mm-hmm. bit and asserting uh, from a congressional standpoint uh, as they try to position some of these younger members uh, to transition and transform the party.
0: Political analyst Boyd Matheson. Boyd, it is always very insightful to talk to you. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: Always good to be in Des Moines. You guys have a great day.
0: Yep, I appreciate that very much. Okay, we've already talked about how Iowa Iowa's the coolest place in the country to uh, be politically active. The second coolest place is now Knox County, Tennessee. I'll tell you why next. Jeff Angelo on the radio, News Radio 1040 WHO. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little.